knowing, you know, a quick, easy way to kind of read someone's disc, obviously it's a much, much easier when someone's pretty polarized. Uh, if someone's a really high D, really high C, high, high, high S, that's going to come through. Uh, people who are a little more nuanced um, are going to be harder to read a little bit, but by picking up on certain cues, you can kind of figure out what's important to them. So get, getting, getting good at, at being able to quickly within a couple minutes of an interaction, get a rough idea about someone's behaviors would really be helpful when you're looking to help them buy or, or to deal with a, a difficult customer. Hey everyone, welcome back to another great episode of Out of the Hourglass. My name is Molly Nolan and I am back as your episode host, joined by NCG Senior Business Coach Colin Nolan for an interesting application discussion of DISC in the understanding of how the tool can be used to work with customers. As many listeners know, DISC is a tool we often speak to within our conversations here on the podcast and within our coaching and consulting practices. In the past, we've dialed in on organizational role behaviors and motivators, spoke to the foundation of the training and concepts, applied its perspective to hiring and management, and now we're looking at it from the customer's perspective. Colin shares with us how we can use our awareness of DISC and emotional intelligence to better work with and understand customer behavior. From the strategy of the sales process, to dealing with difficult situations and overall enhancing the customer experience. If DISC is new to you, we highly recommend taking a listen to episode 111, our DISC Foundations conversation with business support specialist, Sydney Bates. Out of the Hourglass is a podcast channel dedicated to helping small business owners and contractors visualize their goals, develop high-performing teams, and build sustainable growth. It's time to get out of the hourglass. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. I am here with Colin Nolan. Colin, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. It's been some time since we've had you on, and it's always good to bring you back. I think the last podcast you did was with Brian Nolan talking about leadership self-development, which was fantastic. I think that was the last one. Um, which we got great feedback on. So because of that, we've welcomed you back. Every time it's a test. So you got yeah, to okay. yeah. ace the next podcast. Um, no, invited back. That, that's a, that's a, a judgment on my previous podcast. Then. It is, it is. No, but in all seriousness, um, thanks for, for joining us today. We are talking about DISC. And for those who are not familiar with DISC, it is a behavioral profile tool uh, that we use here at Nolan Consulting Group. Um, it's widely used um, kind of across the spectrum. There are other uh, behavioral tools out there as well. DISC is one of them. Uh, we actually hit on a podcast about DISC itself and just broke it down um, a couple podcasts back. So um, if this is a new topic to you, we encourage you to take a listen to to that episode first, just to kind of lay some groundwork for understanding what DISC means, how you can complete a DISC assessment, and how we use it at NCG. Um, a couple examples there being for hiring needs, for team debriefs, understanding our client needs, and a good bit more. So definitely check that podcast out. It's a good one. Uh, but we're going to talk today, we're going to use DISC, call to talk about how it pertains to customers, correct? 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Understanding the customer profiles. Uh, this is actually a client request um, or a program request that came through. So thank you to Brian Kraken for uh, reaching out. And uh, we love when clients come to us with ideas because we want to be serving up episodes that you all want to listen to and make sense for where you're at in your business. So with that being said, let's dive into a call. I mean, dealing with customers, we all know um, can be rewarding. It can be challenging. A lot of it is about understanding the relationship and the behaviors of the people we're working with. Sure. Yeah. It, it, I feel like the two instances with customers where, where knowing their disc or at least having an idea of their disc would really help is in the sales process right? Figuring out how, how should I help this person buy? Um, what, what are they going to care about? Um, and then when the job doesn't go quite according to plan and they're a little disappointed, right? So dealing with an upset customer, knowing their disc, obviously knowing someone's disc would be helpful, uh, when the job is ongoing and even if it's going well, right? Just, just so that it stays going well, but not as important. I think those first, those other two examples are where you can really, utilize the disc to help you either help someone buy easier or more effectively deal with a disgruntled customer. So, so this is about you as the listener understanding what disc is and how the breakdown works and kind of having some emotional intelligence and using that, that this tool when you're uh, speaking and working with customers. So it's about, it's about, it's a basically another tool in your toolbox, right. Yeah. Of knowing how to apply it. Right. So we, we talk mostly about disc when it comes to our own employees, right? We, we disc potential hires to see if they are predisposed for success in the position based off their behaviors, motivators. We disc current employees to figure out what's the best way for us to communicate with each other. So in all those situations, we have the person's disc. So it's right there in front of us. We can read through ways to communicate, ways not to communicate, uh, things that will be a time waster for this person, right? I don't know any, any companies really that as a part of the sales process, they disc their customers, right? So you're going to go yeah. into these conversations um, kind of blind. So knowing what to look for, knowing you know a quick, easy way to kind of read someone's disc, obviously it's a much much easier when someone's pretty polarized. Uh, if someone's a really high D, really high C, high I, high S, that's going to come through. Uh, people who are a little more nuanced um, are going to be harder to read a little bit, but, but picking up on certain cues, you can kind of figure out what's important to them. Um, so get, getting, getting good at, at being able to quickly, within a couple minutes of an interaction, get a rough idea about someone's behaviors would really be helpful when you're looking to help them buy or, or to deal with a, a difficult customer. Right. That's, that's such a good point, Call. This is about looking at how people are acting and picking up on those cues because you, you don't have their their assessment results right. in, front, in front of you. Um, so being aware of what other, you know, knowing how assessment results can look in certain situations and having the, the awareness of disc. Um, this is almost like, this is an application test of yeah. disc. It's true. And, you know, coming back to the, the uh, bond and rapport tactic of match and mirror, this really w- works well for that, right? Are, are you, what behaviors are you seeing out of, out of the customer? If you're matching and mirroring that, you know, people typically gravitate towards 
the, the discs that are similar to theirs, right? That's what they're comfortable with. It's what they know. If I'm a high D and I'm direct with someone, I want someone to be direct with me. Another high D was going to do that, right? If I'm a high I and I really liked, like being social and, and talking and, and, uh, and networking, then another high I is going to be exactly what I want there. Mm-hmm. So when you're matching and mirroring, that's kind of a, a way of, of doing this without even really knowing that you're doing it too. So let's, I think, let's go through the four different behavioral um, tendencies yeah. and, you know, talk about maybe what, what nuances are we looking for? What clues are we, are we likely to, to see from a person who is a high D yeah. um, and then how to handle them and how to, how to, how to massage that relationship a bit. Right. I think that most of our, of, of the service industries, when they're dealing with a customer, um, a disproportionate amount of the time they're dealing with a high D let me, let me say why I think that. So most of the time you're selling to a, a couple, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say that there's a, a, a couple, one, one of the two is a high D one of the two is a high C or high, high D high S which of those personalities, which of those profiles is more likely to say, I'll talk to the sales rep. I want to be in control here. It's the high D. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe 30 to 40% of the time you're, you are going to be working with someone who does have a higher D than not. And I think the S and the C, probably the S is what you're going to be speaking with uh, least often because that kind of person is fine seeding control typically of, of a, that kind of interaction. Uh, the C, because the C cares so much about quality and system and process, and they if that is, gets threatened, then they can sometimes come off as a D, right? that person could also be, be, be likely to be who you're talking with. So the S, the S is uh, who you're least likely to speak with. I would say, obviously you're going to speak with S's, but I would say probably closer to 15 to 20% of the time. Um, and then C's would be third and then I's, I's and then D's. And kind of a prerequisite here, people are nuanced, right? Um, people are not a letter. Uh, so we're going to be speaking in large generalities here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and more so the polarized version of this profile, 99% of people are going to have more nuance than what we're speaking about here, but maybe you could pick up a nugget or two that you can then, then use. That's kind of the idea people are not just, you know, a hundred D's and zero, everything else is of course, right. but there's, there's, there's levels of it. Um, so let's, let's start with, with D. So ultimately what do D's want? What drives them? It's, they typically want to win. They're competitive. People typically use the high D profile because they're driven to achieve. Now we're not going to be getting too much into motivators on this call because you typically don't get into motivators and driving forces with customers, right? Um, that, that may be too deep of a conversation to have with a customer. <laughs> yeah. what's, what's, what's ultimately driving you here in life? Yeah. Let's get um, deep. Yeah. But uh, you are going to be seeing their behaviors often. Um, so generally these do, these want to win. They're competitive. Um, they, they kind of like conflict. They lean into conflict. If they sense it, they lean into it as opposed to running away from it. Mm. So most of the time when you're dealing with a difficult customer, like I said before, you're going to be dealing with a higher D because if there's anything wrong, the high D is going to say, they're, they're going to talk about it. They're going to bring it up because that's what highs do. I don't, I call the elephants in the room. Um, they, Something that I heard about, about the D profile that's always stuck with me because I'm, as a self-professed uh, uh, high D, um, I 
yeah, I really identify with it. So high D's are constantly paranoid that they're being taken advantage of. And they don't want to be taken advantage of. Uh, so, so interesting. That, yeah. They, they, life is like a ledger with them where they, they put every interaction or every, every transaction into the win or the loss column. And they're looking to win more times than not. Um, so because of that, they're going to be competitive. They're going to lean into conflict because they're going to try and win the interaction. They're going to enjoy challenging you, right? Um, challenging you on things that they don't even need to be challenging you on. Um, how to handle high Ds, let them win. How can you, how can you create the environment to where they think that they're winning, right? Uh, let them talk. Let them seem in control, right? That they don't want to feel lesser than. They want to feel like they're in control. They're winning. What they want is getting done. They're winning the interaction. Um, so when, you, when you're selling to a high D, uh, let them think things are their idea. High Ds think that high D is the best way, way to be, right? They're like, my, I'm the best. The way that I, that I interact is the way everyone should interact. I'm direct. Other people should be direct. Why aren't you direct? Let them take credit for things. Uh, you know, that, that's a really great idea, Mr. Jones. I wouldn't have thought about that, right? That's a, a high D is going to hear that and they're going to get a, you know, a hit of serotonin or whatever, whatever it is. Um, give them a stroke, right? But it has to come off as authentic. Now, high D's might sometimes be so self-obsessed that even if you think it's coming <laughs> off very inauthentic, that they're still taking it as authentic, right? Yeah. Uh, but, but try not to be overly patronizing with them. Um, so overall, let high D's be, be in control, let them win, let them be, be competitive um, and find ways to make them seem like they're, they're in charge, they're, they're winning, they're in control of the situation. I have a, I have a question here um, yeah. because most often we see, and this is, you know, moving a little bit into the employee side, but most often we see um, sales, sales reps are often mm -hmm. high D's, high I's, because mm -hmm. we, we tend to see those behaviors, those profiles, you know, really succeed in the sales role. So right. when you have a, a sales rep who is most likely has some high D tendencies yep. walking into a customer customer's home, who is a high D. So you've got two high D's going at each other and having that relationship as a sales rep, listening to how to handle the other D that's still going to be challenging, right? Because innately their own D in them wants to have control, but this, so this is really a practice on the sales rep to really control their own, their own tendencies. Totally. It's, it's, it's an identity role kind of a uh, uh, great yeah. environment there for you to practice. So, so this, I mean, a high D is going to spot a high D pretty quickly and, and people aren't, aren't going to say in their heads, especially if they don't know disc, this person's a high D, but they're going to recognize somebody else who's similar to them. Right. So that should then make it almost easier to, to win, win the interaction by letting them win the interaction. If that makes sense. Right. It's True. also why we also want, um, there to be a level of, of, of influence in our sales reps, right? Because your, your goal is to help them buy. So what would you do if you, if that was ultimately what you wanted, right? Well, if, if I really want to help them buy here and, and to sell my product to them, then I'm, I am going to let things be their idea, right? As opposed to my idea, because high D's want things to be their idea. And you got two high D's here. So it's someone's mm -hmm. idea. It can't be both of your ideas, right? 
Um, so how can you how can you almost kind of lower your D, let them be the higher D in the situation, but you're you're raising your influence aware of that. Um, it, it should it should make it easier to be a high D selling to a high D. Uh, okay. In my opinion, yeah. No, that's a good point. As initially, I thought it would be challenging, um, but you're right. I mean, there there's just a different perspective of looking at it. Um, right, and I like you know all these other guys. They, they sold me a, a load of crock, but you know, I can tell you're, you're being direct and you're telling me how it is and you're authentic. And I appreciate that. That's a high D to a high D, right? Mm-hmm. It's, that's, that's what I want. I want someone who is giving it to me straight because that's what, what I do with people, right? Yep. That's true. All right. Let's move on to the eyes, the, right. the, the high eye behavior. So the eye, right? If the, if the D, like we've talked about, is looking to win, they're competitive. The eye's main driver is to be liked. They're looking to influence at all times that they're, they have an antenna pointing up in their head going, who can I influence here? Does this person like me? How can I, how can I bond with this person? So again, it's, you know, a lot of our sales reps are DIs. So again, this should be fairly easy for sales reps to, to work with here um, because they're good influencers. They're, they're great at being social and the other customers also good at it. So there should be an instant connection. Um, so Matching and mirroring is huge here. Asking them questions, letting them talk. Um, high eyes tend to be more trusting than lower eyes. So oftentimes they're going to be easier to work with. If someone's a really high I and a lower D and a lower C, you probably aren't going to have as many problem customers with that profile as you are with someone who's a high D or a high C. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, in, in the sales process, it can be really useful to, to spot the high eye. They're not hard to spot, right? The, the, the D is not hard to spot because they're going to come off as, as a little competitive and, and they're going to be direct. The I is easy to spot as well because they're going to be sociable. They're going to be very, very talkative, very chatty. Um, a people person. Totally. So it can actually lull you as a sales rep into a false sense of security because oh. if you're a high I and they're a high I, you might leave the conversation with, hey, that was great. We talked. They liked me. They're going to buy right? Yeah. No, they, they did that with everybody. You're not special, right? <laughs> so it, it can be difficult. You can get lulled into the sense of that sense of security and that's just how they are. So you can't forget why you're there ultimately, right? So if you're a high eye and the customer's a high eye, you have to remember I'm here in my role as a sales rep for this company, right? So I can't get lost in the social aspect. Um, high eyes can become distracted fairly easily as well. So it can be kind of difficult to maybe to keep an agenda and keep a certain pace. And, you know, I, I went in with, with this whole checklist of things I wanted to do as part of the sales process and all these things I needed to do to get the estimate done. And I, I, I've been here for an hour and I haven't gotten half of them yet. Right. Mm-hmm. That's a real risk when you're working with, with that, with a high eye. So at times you might need to raise your D and wrangle them and remember why you're there. Um, they're, so they're very, so- for that, a question about that call. So for that, would you encourage uh, people to have just like uh, word tracks that they know how to get how to get the process back on track? Oh, of course. Yeah, you should, I mean, you should practice it. How do you how do you turn how do you end one conversation and get the conversation back where you want it to go? Because it's your process. We talk all all the time in sales. Is it the customer's process or is it your process? And high eyes have a tendency to make you think. To, to bring you into their process without you really knowing it, right? Because they're so nice and you don't want to interrupt them and you don't want to stop them. Um, so have, have word tracks to get out of it. 
That's, you know, Mr. Jones, I'm, I'm sorry to do this to you, but would you mind if I just took a couple minutes here to look at the work and then I can come back and chat with you more about this? I just, I'm on a bit of a schedule today and I need to get over and take a look at the work that you're looking to have done. And then I'll come back, right? Yeah. Be, be okay with that. Um, they're, they're very powerful to have as customers though, because, you know, what we're looking to do is create raving fans out of our customers and they become raving fans if they're really happy with your work. They're high eyes typically have, you know, just a list of friends. Uh, they're the people that have, you know, the hundred friends and they know everyone in the neighborhood. So if you can, if you can influence a high eye, the high eye then becomes an influencer on your behalf. Um, so they're very powerful in that way. Um, so they can be difficult to wrangle. They can be difficult to get the true motive of, because there's a lot of kind of fluff sometimes with the high eye to really get to the core of what they're concerned about. But if you can get to it and you can make them happy and you can make them think that you guys are friends, because that's ultimately what they want, right? They, they, they want to be liked. They want to be friends. And you can satisfy whatever work it is they're having done to, to the level that they want. They're going to become a really powerful client to have. So interesting. I mean, I've known about DISC for obviously a long time, but I don't think, I don't recall ever directly looking at it from this perspective of just customer relationships. So, I mean, thinking about needing to wrangle them and then becoming raving fans um, is, is a new a new thought to me. It's a really interesting point, call. Yeah. So the, the D's and the I's, like we've talked about, are easier to spot. Um, so these, the two things we talked about so far are pretty applicable because you should be able to figure out if someone's got some D and some I within the first 10, 15 minutes of a sales call. Mm-hmm. Um, the S and the C, which we're getting to are much more difficult. Um, so should we move on to the S? Let's do it. Tell us so about the S. The S is more reserved. I said earlier, I'm a self-processed, processed, uh, professed high D. I'm also a bit of an S as well. Um, more stoic, more re- reserved, much harder to spot in the wild, sort of speak. Um, because <laughs> Rare form. Yeah, they're, they, um, you can almost spot the high S because there's a lack of other polarizing traits coming out because S's really kind of ride the middle. They're, they, they don't get too high. They don't get too low. They're very stoic, right? Um, Ultimately, S's want to be accepted. And we talk a lot about um, in, in Bond and Rapport in the sales process, the, the, the idea of I'm okay, you're okay, right? Customers want to feel okay. They don't want to ask a question that, comes, that is silly um, and, and feel like they're, they're lesser than. Or if you're using big words like elastomeric, right? They're not going to ask you, well, what is elastomeric? Because they don't want to feel not okay, um, and a D or an I would probably say, what's, what's that? I've never heard of that, that before, right? Because they're not, not afraid. But the yes is not going to do that. Um, so the I'm okay, you're okay approach really sticks out to me here. Constantly making them feel reassured that they're okay. They're going to need time and space to make decisions. Um, this applies to the S and the C, but really for different reasons. Uh, they're not a fan of change which is interesting because you're typically there to create the the, the change, right? Mm -hmm. You're changing how their house looks. You're changing how something operates in their home. Um, That that can be a bit of a challenge in and of itself. Um, They're they're much less likely to raise issues compared to other profiles, as we've kind of talked about. Um, The D and the I don't mind 
but the, the D doesn't mind raising an issue. The C won't mind raising the issue. The I might tell you to your face that everything's fine, but then things might not be okay. The S is kind of similar here. Um, they gravitate. I think this is pretty important. They gravitate towards predictability and stability. That's what they're seeking. So can your company provide that, right? Um, can um, them, your, your guys being on time every single day, that's something that they're really going to value, right? I can, I can predict you guys like clockwork when you're going to arrive. They don't like change. So don't change the process on them halfway through, right? And start, and you know, they, they might really hate a rain day, right? Obviously there's not much you can do about that, but that just kind of gives you an idea about how they kind of think and how they operate. So it's like, uh, where, where can you control the controllables as much as right. possible? And, and re- reassure them around it. Um, again, difficult to spot the yes, but if someone's not being really direct and someone's not really sociable and they're not really into the details, then you might be dealing with an S here. Um, so the match in the mirror, I think really applies well with the yes, because the high, the high S um, is not going to like someone who's, who's a really high D high I, they, they, they like predictability, right? If I got someone who's talking my ear off as a sales rep, that's going to, that's going to annoy me. Um, so are you watching how often they talk, the cadence of how they, they speak? High yeses tend to be more methodical with their approach. Uh, less is more. They're not, they're not overly wordy, right? Um, they, they don't need to know so much about how your day is going, right? If they, if they get into personal topics, then you can get into personal topics. It's kind of a rule of thumb with S's. Um, so are you matching and mirroring with the S? This is really an important thing sales reps to do because like we talked about most sales reps are d's and i's it's not their natural tendency to match and mirror an s this would be more this would be more challenging when i initially thought a high d to a a d would be an issue it's actually an s and a d is a real struggle i think the the d and the c is probably the greatest struggle we'll we'll talk about that okay Um, but uh, this is also one for sure um so yeah so so uh, really wrapping the S up here, it's gravitate towards predictability, stability, not getting too high, not getting too low. Can you provide that for them? That's what I would accentuate. Interesting. All right, then let's move on to C. I'm intrigued by the C. Yeah, so C is all about the details. We talk about that a lot with, with uh, our employees, right? You want a high C in those high detail roles. You want someone who's going to be really particular with with the person who's doing your accounting or your bookkeeping with the qualities at stake. So C's are interesting. These are the people who will read every line of your estimate. If you have a customer who says to you, I went with you guys, I really like you because your estimate was so detailed, you're likely dealing with a C, right? Um, I, I believe the key with, with, with a high C to selling with, to a high C and to managing a high C customer is figuring out what details they care about. And just hammer those um, and stick to them. Because if, if you promise something to a high C and you don't deliver, they're going to start looking like a high D because they're going to be really direct about it. They don't so much care about the people side. So they're not afraid to be, to, to come off uh, maybe not so positively because they're not caring. They don't, they don't care about being liked. They don't care about uh, being accepted. They care about their system, their way of doing things, the quality and, and that you're promising them and, and how things should kind of flow and work for them. And if you mess that up, you're going to hear about it. Um, I, I believe a lot of customer issues happen with 
a high DI sales rep selling to a high C promising certain details um, or, or saying certain things that the high C interprets a certain way, then that doesn't get followed through on. These are the people who are pulling up the magnifying glass and looking at the work you're doing and saying, this is not to the standard that I want it to be, right? So if you think you're dealing with a high C from a sales perspective, um, you need to stop trying to woo them. Um, they're not, they don't so much care about, we, we always say people buy from people they, they know and like, and that tends to be true, but why do they know and oh, not so much why I know you, why, why do they like you? I don't like you because you're sociable and you care about me. I like you because you're detailed and you have everything line itemed. That could be why someone likes someone, right? Mm-hmm. So don't, don't think that you need to woo as a high eye every, every customer and bond and rapport about the fish on the wall with every customer. Bonding and rapport can be on the details itself. And um, it's, is this person also expecting, I mean, if you were to say, I'm going to get this estimate to you by tomorrow at noon, oh, totally. like they're, they're waiting for that estimate, estimate to be received. So don't, don't fail that first expectation. Um, or like, I'm waiting to hear from you. I mean, everything that you say, they're, they're waiting on the other end for Yeah, that. It's not, there's no ambiguity with C's it's black or white. Well, why didn't you say you would call me a little after five, as opposed to saying you'd call me at five, you said you'd call me at five. When it's not five right? Things are, are very black and white to seize. They, they work based off logic, not emotions. Um, we, we always say people buy because they're moving away from pain or towards pleasure. Um, the, and that's more of an emotional sale, right? Seize don't so much buy emotionally. I'd say they buy more to move away from, from certain pain would be, would be my argument. Um, so the, the more specific, the better here. Um, when you're selling to a high C, it's all, I, I would really emphasize expectation setting, being very specific about what you promise and making sure you, del- you deliver on those. You cannot overpromise and under deliver on a high C because they're going to catch it. You're not going to, a high D, you might be able to, to get away with some mistakes here or there because I want the interaction. I'm not so concerned about the actual work that gets done. The C cares all about the work that gets done. Um, you, can't, you can't be taking shortcuts here. Um, if you know you're dealing with a high C, my advice to you would be to make it a really detailed estimate, manage expectations up front, communicate all those expectations to the people actually doing the work, the back end, because that's why they bought from you, likely is because of what you promised in the estimate itself. Right. Um, so that's, that, that's, it's a very different approach, right. Than, than, than the D and the I where it's much mm-hmm. more people, people focused, this is all about, well, what are you promising me? What are you delivering me? Um, and uh, you, you will come across a fair share of C's because uh, like we said before, the D is going to be the person you might be speaking with a lot because they're like, I'll handle this interaction, right? I'll, I'll talk to the salesman. The C is so particular about how things get done. They might feel the same way. I, I, right. this is, I need this done a certain way. I'm going to call them and have it, have it done. So it's probably a pretty common profile sales rep comes up against. And they really need to adapt your natural style of DI to kind of work with them. Yes, yeah, the, the, the decision maker um, uh, in a relationship is going to be the one that tends to reach out for the, for the job, be there for the appointment, be the, the main point of contact. And those, those people are, are probably tend to, like you said, line up more of a DC type profile. Mm-hmm. The other person in the partnership might be 
really talkative and a little bit more, a lot more structure and you might see them, but they are not going to be the one making the decision at the end of the day. There's so much power in just this, the human psychology of understanding these behaviors and how you can use them for, I mean, as part of the sales process and as a part of your, just your awareness in your, in your own role, like the identity role and how every door that you walk into is going to be a new experience. And so kind of having those, that like kind of EQ, that antenna up for, okay, what's, what's this person like, and how am I going to match a mirror to what they need to, for their environment, that's going to make them comfortable. That's going to carry this through. But one thing I also think is really important call is the sales rep having this interaction and identifying the behaviors and kind of having that one-on-one time to make sure that whoever else is going to be a part of that job, that customer's experience is also aware of the customer's behavior and, and needs and tendencies. I mean, from the client resource coordinator who's handling the scheduling and the colors or the, the details of getting that job started to the crew who's going, going to be there on site. I mean, it's, isn't it important for those folks to also have an idea of things to look out for, to be aware of, to make sure that from the very beginning of the sales process all the way through to the job being done, that they're kind of getting that same tone of experience all the way through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the importance of communication. Totally. Communication. And I mean, how can you, how can you document that in the customer profile, you know, star this, you know, this customer is highly detailed, setting the hitting the expectations that we set is really, really important. Or this person is really likable, really social, likely going to be a raving fan. If we get this job done well, like little notes that can kind of cue all the way through that people are constantly reminded how, the, how we need to approach this customer when we interact with them. Totally. Yep. Well, Carl, this was really cool. I love conversations like this. Thanks so much for kind of giving us an applicable tool for how to use DISC directly with customers. Obviously, this was a little bit more sales rep geared, but as we were just saying, this is important for all you know all positions in the company to be aware of who are dealing with dealing with customers. Uh, I would you know like to obviously continue the disc conversation in future uh, episodes with you. We've talked about disc, how it applies to different roles within an organization, whether it's sales rep or a GM or an HR department, where that disc comes into play. Uh, so keep an eye out. Um, for our listeners for more conversations like that to come. Call, thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group, a nationwide business coaching and consulting firm with coaches located throughout the country. Have a question, comment, or idea for future episodes? We'd love to hear from you visit our website, www.nolandcg.com.